for loneliness. That's the topic given to me for today. The cure for loneliness. If you look at Proverbs chapter 8, verse 20. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 20. I lead, this is referring to wisdom. So wisdom leads in the way of righteousness, in the midst of the paths of judgment. So it's very important that we correct ourselves and not to think that our God is like Santa Claus. Our God is not like Santa Claus. Don't ever think that with God it's all lovey-lovey and no corrections. There are corrections, okay? The Holy Spirit is our instructor. The Holy Spirit will also correct us for our own good, okay? If God is all good and goody-goody, lovey-lovey, then there won't be any hell. And also, there wouldn't be, there wouldn't have been any persecutions for the Jews. There are consequences to our choices and actions, at the same time, God is not harsh, nor is he fault-finding. He is merciful, he's forgiving, and he's gracious. The word of God is very important in our lives. It's called the truth. It's the truth that supersedes all the facts and situations and circumstances. God is very, very powerful, and he's also very gracious. The Word of God is what God uses to teach us and also to empower us, to enable us so that we make right choices, so that we make right decisions, so that we walk and act right to have the right results. Loneliness is a red flag that you are in the wrong path. It's the path of death, not the path of life. If you're suffering from loneliness, there is something wrong with you. And nobody can help you but yourself, not even God. It's only when you ask for help, when you cry out for help, then God will come and help you. Loneliness is the voice that says to you, there's something wrong with me. Nobody understands me. Nobody likes me nor supports me. And you're having torments in your soul. Having thoughts of loneliness and feeling lonely. The real issue, what's the real issue? Is that you're under attack. That's what it is. When you feel that you're lonely and you're hearing voices of loneliness, the real deal is that you are under attack. Let's go to Psalm 22, verse 20. Psalm 22, verse 20. We need to understand that there are devils and they are very real. There are devils and they are called fallen angels. And they want to destroy you and take you to hell with them. If you look at Psalm 22, verse 20 to 21, this is David speaking. He said, deliver my soul from the sword. It's the sword of the enemy. My darling from the power of the dog, referring to demons. Save me from the lion's mouth, for you have heard me from the horns of the unicorns. So the Bible calls demons dogs. The Bible calls devils, haunters, 
tormentors, the accuser of the brethren. We need to understand that. Go to Psalm 71 with me. Psalm 71 verse 1 to 2. We judge everything by the word of God because the word of God will open our eyes to see what no man can see in the realm of the spirit. Psalm 7 verse 1 to 2. Oh Lord my God, in you do I put my trust. Not in myself, not in men. In you do I put my trust. What's its prayer? Save me from all them that persecute me. Devils. Devils driving people to persecute you. Devils driving your emotions to persecute you. Devils driving your thoughts to persecute you. So save me from all them that persecute me and deliver me. If it's not a demonic issue, then David, the Holy Spirit, would not have penned the word deliver me. Lest he tears my soul like a lion. There's a tearing. And that's why you are feeling the pain, and that's why you're feeling the hurt, because there's a tearing. Tearing my soul like a lion, rending it in pieces, is a very gruesome picture. Rending it in pieces. Didn't we say, my hurts are broken, my heart is broken? I'm hurt, my heart is broken. Even in Chinese, we say, Sung Sam, that's a heart that's hurt. Why? Because the devil is tearing your soul. Because the devil is rending your soul in pieces while there is none to deliver. There's nobody that can deliver us except the Lord. And the Lord can only do that with your consent and your invitation. The manifestation of loneliness is depression. What is depression? Withdrawal and self-seclusion. The act of loneliness is self-harm. You're hurting yourself, even by the way you think. And self-harm can manifest as self-cutting. People cutting their wrists, cutting themselves, and eventually suicide. As Christians, we can, we must, we can, and also we must discern who is behind loneliness. Discernment is very, very important for every one of us Christians. We have to tell the spirit that is behind that thought. The spirit that is behind that thought, that opinion, that emotion, and that act. How do we discern? By the acts and the results that they produce. Jesus said, by their fruit, you will know them. So sometimes it may take a while, but when the results come, when the consequences come, when they are caught unaware, that's how you know what is the spirit behind. The source or the spirit by which a person functions or operates is vital. Discernment can save us from tragedies down the track. The best way is to pluck the weed before it grows too big. Don't wait. The minute the Holy Spirit shows you and tells you and you can discern, cut it off. Plug it out. Don't allow devils to continue to grow. 
Removing a problem at its early stage, it's heaps better than dealing with it when it has matured and fully grown. And then has heaps of ugly consequences. Loneliness is a soulish devil. It's a devil that attacks your soul. There are demons that attack your physical body. We call them demons of afflictions. The world calls them virus, bacteria, sickness, and disease. The Bible calls them afflicting demons. There are devils that afflict your mind, torment you. There are devils that afflict your emotions, keep you depressed, keep you downcast. There are devils that attack your will, weaken your will so that you cannot make decisions. You are afraid of making decisions. So we need to be sharp and we need to be alert. We need to understand that for devils, you can grow them. If you continue to entertain an ungodly thought, a negative thought, if you continue to entertain an ugly emotion, you are feeding the devils. And the more you feed them, the more you entertain them, the bigger they will grow. We need to know that. Go to Psalm 13, verse 2. Psalm 13, verse 2. And when you continue to feed those demons, they will continue to work in your life and they will invite other devils to come, to stay and to dwell in the host. Who is the host? Your soul. If you continue to feed them and entertain them, continue to talk about them, that's why hold on to your confession. That's why God has ordained that when we have a service, we do praise, we do worship, because your tongue matters. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So your heart matters, because your heart is the host. Your soul becomes the host of demons. So don't entertain them. Cut them off. Shut them up. Psalm 13, verse 2. How long shall I take counsel in where? My soul. That's why David had problem. Because he was taking counsel in his soul. He should be taking counsel in the Word of God. We should take counsel from the Word of God. We should take counsel from our born-again spirits. And as a result of taking counsel in his soul, what did he have? Sorrow. Having sorrow in my heart, how often? Daily. What do we call that? Depression. Having sorrow in my heart daily. How long shall my enemy, at least David recognized this, he said is my enemy. How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? What is the cure for loneliness? Understanding. In all you're getting, get understanding. Amen? That's what we are doing now. So it's important for us to check ourselves and stop doing the blaming game. Stop blame this and blame that and blame her and blame him and blame them. No. The only person who can change our life is myself. Come on, point to yourself and say, myself. I'm in charge. One more time, I'm in charge. 
Don't let anybody be in charge of yourself, especially your enemies. Don't let the devils be in charge of how you feel and what you think. You be the one in charge with the Word of God, with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus as your Lord. Can we say amen? So make the decision, the determination, not the determination now. Make the decision now, the determination now to cut off all soul ties with the devil. To cut off all soul ties with the devil. Don't allow him to pull you like strings on a puppet. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Make the decision now to stop living a soulish life. What is a soulish life? A soulish life is a life that is lived by how I feel. It's a life that is lived by how others respond to me. What others are thinking about me. How are they treating me? And as a result, you become a person who is always, what? Reacting and dependent on others. You lose your autonomy. You become a captive to situations and circumstances and to how people treat you. The Word of God says that you are above only and not beneath. You need to take charge of your life. Say to the person next to you, take charge of your life. And we need courage to do that. You need courage to take charge of your life because you may think different from the people around you. Getting into relational grace. Please listen to the sermon again from last Sunday. Relational grace. Amen. We're not into popularity. We're not into gangs. We're not into, you know, whoever is the most popular. Let's gang up together. No, we are into relational grace. We are the things of God doing the works of God together. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Your relationship, your friendship, they are too. Fulfill God's calling on your life to do what God has called you to do. Can we say amen? We are a company of saints who walk with the Lord, who work for God, eyes on the Lord. Can we say amen? Amen. Where do we look? At the Lord. Where do we look? At the Lord, our commander-in-chief. Can I ask you to do an exercise for me? Can you exercise your eyes to look up? Just stay look up, okay? Stay looking up, looking up. Can you look around when you're looking up? Can you look around? Can you look when you're looking up? No. Can you look down when you're looking up? No. That's the way we live. Amen. How many of you know that when you drive a car, your car follows where you look? Your life follows where you look. Can we say amen? You look. To the bad, where will you go? To the bad. You keep looking at problems, where do you go? Problems. You look at the answers, you look at the good. How many of you know that God is in the good? The word good actually comes from the word God. Godly means good. So when you look at God, you look at what's good, where do you go? Where it's good. Because your life follows your vision. 
Behold, behold, behold. Make sure that you behold the Lord, that he is your vision. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Let's look at John chapter 15, verse 15. John 15, 15. This is from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. John 15, 15. I want you to look at the first part of that verse. Jesus said, I call you not servants. Well, King James translated it as servants. It's actually the Greek word doulos, which actually means slaves. So Jesus is saying, I call you not slaves. I call you not slaves. For, for the slave knows not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. But I have called you friends. So Jesus had lifted up friendship over and above the natural human level. Why did he call us friends? For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. I call you my friends so that I can tell you what I hear from my Father. So that we are on the same page. So that we can work together. So that we can walk together. So that we can form a team that works for God. Can we say amen? How many of you would like to be a friend of Jesus? Would you like to be a friend of Jesus? Amen. To hear his heart. To walk with him. Amen. Well, the Father calls us his children. Jesus calls us his friends. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Friendship is a meaningful and expensive relationship in the sight of God. There are fine weather friends. That means we are friends when everything is okay. Let's go yum cha. Let's go to the club. Let's go to movies. Fine weather friends. But how many of you know that friendship will be tested? There will be storms. Storms in your friendship with whoever. Even, even in your marriage. How many of us know that a marriage should be built on friendship? That's how you start your courtship as friends. Marriage must be built on friendship, not ju just romance, no. Okay? And all friendships go through storms. It's when your friendship can stand the test. That's how you know they are your true friends. When friendship can stand the conflict of interests, that's how you know they are your true friends. Can we say Amen. We have a desire for meaningful relationships. That comes from God. God has made us relational. We are relational. So whom I relate to matters. Because my friends will rub on me. Their values will rub on me. Their interests will rub on me. We do affect one another influence one another for good or for bad. That's your choice. That's why I choose my friends. I love everybody, but not everybody is my friend. You should do the same. You should choose your friends carefully. 
by the leading and the unction of the Holy Spirit. We have the desire for meaningful relationships that comes from God. But the devil has distorted them to become soulish connections. Soulish, just for fun. Just when we are doing well together. Remember, there are two networks. Say with me, two networks. One more time, two networks. The God's network and the devil's network. It matters a lot whom you network with. And also, there are two witnesses. To witness means to discern, to be led by the Holy Spirit. There are two witnesses, the witness of the Holy Ghost and the witness of the flesh. The witness of the flesh, you get all excited, you jump around, you shout. But it's the witness of the flesh. And the witness of the flesh will hook you up with the devil's network. Let's look at John chapter 5, verse 43 to 44. John chapter 5, verse 43 to 44. I'm not giving you my opinions. I'm giving you the truth, the word of God. And there should be a witness in you. John chapter 5, verse 43 to 44. He said, I'm come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. So obviously, they didn't have the Holy Ghost witness. And you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. So let's say if, uh, oh, Mr. Scott Morrison is coming to have a party with you. Whoa, you. The Holy Ghost said, let's go to church. Mm, let me think. The witness. <laughs> is the witness of the flesh that you choose or the witness of the Holy Ghost? How can you believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that comes from God? We have to stop feeding one another. We have to stop feeding on one another's soul, for that is a grace killer. If you keep feeding on one another's likes and dislikes, you stop the grace of God from manifesting in your life. And you won't be able to serve him. You won't be able to cast out devils. And miracles won't happen. We need to start feeding on the word, the manna of heaven. Whenever we're looking at people, we cannot claim that we're looking at God. At the end of the day, there is only one that we need to please. And I'm, not, I'm sorry to tell you, not you, it's God. Can we say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Loneliness comes out of a dark soul. Loneliness is a demon that tries to grab you and chuck you into pitch darkness. Loneliness turns a person inward. He or she becomes obsessed with his or her own problem. And then before she knows it or he knows it, into bondage and captivity. Why? Because he or she is in pitch darkness. There is no light. When there's the absence of light, the perception becomes dark and becomes distorted. Everything that you see, everybody that you see is perceived from that distorted vision. 
How many of you ever wear your sunglasses, your sunnies? What happens when you wear your sunnies? Everything that you see becomes dark. Interpretation matters. When you go to, to see a movie, when you go watch a movie, you're watching the director's interpretation. When you go watch a movie, you're watching the director's interpretation of events. How many of us know that every one of us, you are writing your own biography? Every one of us. You are writing your own biography. You have an autobiography before God. So your interpretation matters. Your interpretation will decide what you're going to write in your diary, what you're going to write in your biography. Your interpretation matters. And that's why the Holy Spirit has chosen to live where? On the inside of us, not the outside, because we perceive from the inside. If you perceive from the outside, you can easily be distorted and manipulated. Everybody will influence you in his or her way. And it's so important that we perceive from the inside by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, which we have eaten, which we have digested, which we have assimilated. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You are the director for your own movie. Loneliness is also a voice. It speaks in the dark, isolated, hurting hours. Loneliness comes and goes. It can be a casual visit or a long-term guest. How many of us have heard the voice of loneliness? Lift up your hands. Yes, all of us. All of us. The human soul loves tragedy, loves sympathy, problems, sorrows, sadness. There is a perversity about what is negative, what is bad, that attracts people. How many of you know that newspapers, magazines that sell gossips, they sell a lot better? How many of you know that even when you're reading just newspaper, you will still go to those gossip columns? The human soul has that perversity to be attracted to what is evil, demonic, and wicked. And that's why Jesus said, what did he say? Verily, verily, you must be born again to receive that life, not the human life, but the eternal life, the zoe of the Lord Jesus Christ, and to keep living it. Can we say amen? It's very easy to get saved, but we need to keep living. How many of you know that it's a lot easier to die than to live? To die, just finish, go. <laughs> but to live is every moment, every day, every hour. Amen. Truth brings light, freedom, provision. Distortions bring withdrawals, seclusions, darkness, bondage, and poverty. The voice of your soul tells you that you're not appreciated, not wanted, 
that you are dejected, rejected. The voice of your soul tells you that it's hard to open up, hard to get into that place where I can connect with people. The voice of your soul gets you into self-isolation and seclusion. And the more isolated and secluded and withdrawn you become, the more guarded you will be. And it's like you're building walls around yourself. And you interpret everybody's action with suspicion and a negative bias. Well, the voice of the soul tells you, I'm fine, I'm fine. You can be a very sociable person at work. You know, Christmas time, work parties, I'm very sociable. But what about when you are by yourself? When you have taken off that professional mask and you are by yourself, all by yourself in your bedroom, looking at your mirror, and you see a lonely person which nobody knows but yourself. When one feels isolated, unwanted, what's wrong with me? How come I cannot connect with others? You're under attack. That's the voice of the devil talking to you. Loneliness is a belief entertained and fed. And it gets bigger and bigger and heavier and heavier. It is a demon that attaches to your perception. And that devil will distort the way you perceive yourself and you perceive others. The demon of loneliness is a dark demon. It's an evil demon that seeks to attach to you like ticks to a dog. That seeks to influence the way you see, the way you think, the way that you feel, and the way that you act. You must shake that off. Shake it off. Like Paul shaked off the serpent that tried to hang on to his wrist. You must shake it off. Amen. Or be delivered from it. The demon of loneliness has driven people to drugs, to alcohol, endless entertainments, self-harm, suicide, unhealthy and tormenting relationships. Like a dog that returns to its own vomit, how come that relationship still continues? Because there is that devil that keeps telling you, you need to go back. It has produced unwanted babies, abortions, neglected children, broken homes. How many of us know that you can be lonely even in a crowd? One can be lonely in a crowd. You can be lonely when you're married. You can be lonely even as a married person. Loneliness is not just for singles. You can be single and without feeling lonely. And loneliness, cause, loneliness causes us to try to get compensations. As much compensation as I can get. If I can look beautiful, people will be attracted to me. If I can be good looking, people will be drawn to me. If I know how to talk, 
If I know to, how to get attentions, I won't be so lonely. Compensated, if I can be a high achiever, people will look up to me. I then will be popular. We try to feed on one another. We try to establish dependent or codependent relationships. Why? So that the need to be needed can be met. There is a need in you. And that need is to be needed. Every one of us needs to be needed. And God puts that in us for He Himself to meet that need. We do need to be needed. And nobody needs you as much as God. Because He's your creator. He's your friend. He's the lover of your soul. Amen? And don't look for relationships out of your need. Don't gather people to yourself. That's not what relational grace is about. We don't gather people to ourselves. I don't gather people to myself. In fact, to be honest with you, I can be comfortable and happy just by myself. I enjoy being by myself. But I have to learn not to do that. <laughs> so don't. Don't try to get relationships out of the need to be needed. Believe that all your needs are met, including the need for companionship. All your needs are met in Christ Jesus. And when you feel lonely, lift up your hands and say to the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you, I'm not lonely. Precious Holy Spirit, you are in me all of the time. Jesus said he would never leave me. He would never forsake me. Remember all the disciples? All of them left Jesus. Remember that? All of them left him. And remember Jesus turned to the one beside him. He said, will you also leave? Will you also leave? And my answer is, no, I will not leave. My answer to the Lord is, no, I will not leave. Let that be your answer too. Amen. So believe and live out of your bounciness. Seek you first the kingdom of God and all these other things that you need, that you want shall be added unto you. Amen. A self-identity is very important. Always identify yourself as a child of God and a friend of God. When you have a healthy identity, you attract healthy people. When you have an unhealthy identity, you attract unhealthy people. Let me ask you a question. When you have two people who decide to get married because both of them are needy, what do you think? You end up with a lot of needs. <laughs> Isn't that right? Well, I get you. I marry you because I want you to meet my needs. I get you. I marry you because I want you to meet my needs. So you have two needy People with unhealthy souls, what do you think you get? 
a lot of problems. They can't carry each other. Well, nobody understands me. Nobody is good enough for me. Well, that is a self-isolating mentality. The way we think can cause loneliness. I'm too good. I'm too special. I'm too spiritual for anybody. Nobody's good enough for me. Well, that is a self-isolating belief. And you get what you believe. Though you may be very popular on the outside, but you're very lonely on the inside. And who knows it better but you yourself? Well, I need someone to complete me, to make me happy. I can never be happy by myself. Well, that's a self-endangering belief. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Can we say amen? Truth is a bondage breaker, a joy giver. So associate with truth lovers. Associate with people who love the truth. Can we say amen? Associate with people who practice the truth. Loneliness has nothing to do with being unmarried or single. Loneliness has nothing to do with your situations and your environment. Loneliness has nothing to do with what the devil is telling you, you've married the wrong person. Loneliness is to do with the condition of your soul and the quality of your spirit. If you were a people seeker, always looking for popularity, acceptance, appreciation, approval, you are a very lonely person and you better admit it and deal with it. If you feel all the time you need somebody to approve you, somebody to be with you, somebody to appreciate you, there is a loneliness on the inside of you. And you can't deal with it until you acknowledge it. It takes brutal self-honesty to take care of that. Jesus, how many of you, how many of us know that Jesus lived with a traitor? Judas Iscariot didn't just join Jesus on the day that he betrayed him. Jesus lived with a traitor, yet it never bothered him. He never doubted himself, he never questioned his own ministry. We can't carry anybody. It's not our job to carry anyone. It is our job to pray, to intercede, to walk in love, to walk in forgiveness, to walk in grace. But here's the key. Too many parents are possessive and obsessive about their kids. They try to manipulate, to hold on to, to make sure they're doing the right thing, make sure they're with the, com the right company, make sure they're doing the right thing. I was one like that until the Lord set me free. A possessive, worrying parent or grandparent is not walking in faith. You can't be worrying and living by faith at the same time. Can we say amen? 
And without faith, God can work in your life. If you want to have all the problems to yourself, if you want to be the problem solver, then God says, okay, you solve it. It's better to believe than to struggle. Can we say amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, our sufficiency is of God. If you're all the time worrying about your business, you know, I'm worrying about my business, the market is bad, and all that comes out of your mouth is bad, 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 bad. Well, God is good, 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 good. Whom do you want? Whose confession do you hold on to? Well, I have to be realistic. Well, my Bible says that God is realistic. The word truth means reality. I know nothing, nothing but the truth. My reality is Jesus. Say to the person next to you, my reality is Jesus. My reality is Jesus, not sickness. My reality is Jesus, not sickness. My reality is Jesus, not accidents. My reality is Jesus, not sorrows. Can we say amen? Sorrows and hurt and pain, they are not of God. And we need to rebuke them and get rid of them so that you won't be tied down, you won't be weighed down, so that you'll be free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Free to be the person that God has made you to be. To do the work that God has made you to do. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Jesus was never in need. Jesus never looked for somebody to meet his need. Jesus was never lonely. That's the reason why he attracted multitudes. Amen. So don't look for somebody to meet your need. Because you would get very disappointed, frustrated, and unfulfilled. But if you are joyfully looking to meet somebody's need with the grace of God, then you will be joyful and fulfilled. Can we say amen? Amen. I am complete in Christ Jesus. I don't need a job, a degree, a checkbook, a suitor, a spouse to complete me. No. I don't need anything, anybody to boost my self-worth. Because my self-worth is not in myself. My self-worth is in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's the best place and the safest place to be. And as we gain sight of God, we lose sight of ourselves. As we gain sight of God, we lose sight of the problems. And he will meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Well, you ask me, Pastor Dora, are you telling me that I don't need human companions? No, that's not what I'm saying. But the world portrays a romantic relationship as the panacea for loneliness, which is a lie. How many lonely wives and lonely husbands out there that you and I know? How many of us know that a lonely wife can get divorced, a lonely husband can get divorced and remarry again and remarry and remarry and remarry, but the loneliness will stay? 
Because marrying somebody is not going to meet your need. It's not going to solve your problem. How many of us know that the lie that a romantic relationship will solve your problem of loneliness? How many of us know that lie had been proven again and again? When we talk about human companions, we're talking about brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. People of like precious faith that God had brought across your paths. Take off your glasses of the Babylonian system. Take off the glasses of our education, which was in the Babylonian system, and start seeing people with the heart of God. And you will be wise, and you will become clever, and you will not look for a money-loving person to be your spouse. You will not look for a needy person to be your spouse. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. The transforming grace of God will start to happen for you. Friends are gifts from God. 